thank you for joining us on the Way Lithia Sermon of the Week. Please enjoy this message by Sean Johnson. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for a new beginning that's about to happen, a new decade. Lord, let it be what you want it to be. Help us through every situation that we face. Help us to grow our faith. Help us to become stronger in our word and in our life with you, Lord God. Lord, let this message be what you want it to be. Not let it be me. Let it be you. Let it be your words and not mine today. Open our ears to hear. Open our hearts to receive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. How many of you have heroes in the Bible that you like? Most all of us do. Some of them you just can't understand sometimes because you're going, how did they do that? Why did they do that? So my message today would be called Radical Faith. And the person that I come to in my mind is Noah. He had some of the greatest radical faith of anyone that I can think of. The reason why, God comes to him and says, hey, here's a design. I want you to design a boat. I've got the blueprint. Here it is. Build it. Oh, and by the way, it's for a flood. Number one, they've never see, seen rain before. Number two, they don't know what a boat is. And number three, he wasn't a carpenter that way. Let's do something different. And all of a sudden he says, I need my boys. I need my family. Let's get together. We're going to build something. And they go and they build something. This is how big this boat is. In today's terms, Noah built an ark that was approximately 510 feet long. It would take nearly one and a half football fields long. Also be enough that NASA could lay three space shuttles nose to tail to one another. That's a big boat. The ark was more than 50 feet from the ground. The ark had the same storage capacity as about 450 standard semi-trucks. A, a standard livestock trailer holds about 250 sheep. So the ark had the capacity to hold at least 120,000 sheep. That is a lot of sheep on one boat. <laughs> but that's not where I'm going. I want to read Hebrews chapter 11. I told Nate I was going to read out of the NSAB, but I'm reading out of the King James. I just felt like I needed to. And it says this. By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. 
Hebrews 11, if you read the whole chapter, is a faith-based chapter. Every person that's described in that chapter had some faith. Some of them I have questions of. I'm just saying. Because when God came to Abraham to tell Sarah, hey, you're going to have a baby, she's like, ha, 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 you're funny. She laughed. But Hebrews 11 says she had great faith. So I question sometimes. It's like, wait a minute. But I got a question for you today. We're about to set forth on a new decade. We're about to be in a new year, 2020. Has God ever told you something to do and you haven't done it yet? Has God told you to step out and do something by faith and you haven't done it yet? He has me. Because I said, wait, uh, I don't know, God. I really don't know. I heard a, a preacher preach this week, matter of fact, and he said something that just said, whoa. It says, most people don't have real faith. We just have an idea of what faith is. And it stopped me. I said, okay, what is faith? The definition of faith. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Then I looked up another word God gave me. Hope. Hope says this. A feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So, we need hope. We need faith. And there's one more thing we need. Trust. And the word trust means firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. I believe, and this is me, I believe when we have hope in what God is doing in our lives, it feeds the fire of our faith. It becomes the gasoline, and we can put it on there, and our faith starts growing. I feel that in my spirit. I feel like this is what we need in our lives today. Some of us can go back, and we have heroes in the Bible, like I said. There are many, many people in the Bible we can read about. But what about today? You said it, Miss Mary. There were people standing up, young men and young women, this weekend, standing up for God. That young people don't see all the time. When I was growing up, I had people in my life, I've heard the stories over and over and over again of some of the greatest faith in people's lives. My great-grandfather... One service that he was in, he was preaching, and God was moving. It was a dirt floor, and my grandmother said, all of a sudden, I look up, and I see, and she said her mom, that was my great-grandmother, get up off the organ, and God just 
it, it was just one of those anointing times, and she started running around the church. So, well, number one, she was playing the pump organ. Number two, when she come off of the pump organ, it kept on playing. And it's like, wait a minute. Things like that have happened. But what about today? What about a few years ago? I have a mentor. His name was Harold Cato. And he went, he was about to retire in ministry. And so he says, I have to leave. I've got to figure out if, he, if God wants me to stay as a pastor or if he wants me to become an evangelist or if I completely retire. And so he left. He told his wife, I love you. I'm going to pray. I need to hear from God. And so he leaves for 40 days. He planned everything out for the church to keep on going. He had a pastor come and run the church. He had things going, and his wife would visit the sick, and the other pastor would visit the sick. Everything was going great. Three days before he was supposed to come back, God spoke to him and says, I can work through you now. I've got something special for you. Get ready. So all of a sudden, two days later, he's heading home. He's driving home, and God speaks to him again and says, I'm sending you to Rome, Italy. You're going to preach in Rome, Italy. And he goes, don't know anybody in Rome, Italy. Why are you sending me there, and what for, and how, and why? And God says, don't worry about it. I've got it in control. He said he drove up in his little old pickup truck to the parsonage that they were at. No one was home, and so he put the key in the door. He unlocked the door. He was going in. The phone rings. He walks to the phone. He picks it up, and he says, Hello. In the Church of God, we have state overseers and things like that. So in Italy, they have an uh, overseer of the country. And the overseer of the country in Italy says, God told me your name and said, I need to get you as our camp meeting revivalist. We've got everything paid for. It's happening in four weeks. Get prepared. He's like, okay. All right. So four weeks, God was preparing him with messages and things like that. He flies in to Italy. A limo comes and picks him up. He says, I felt like royalty. Never have felt this way before in my life. They pick me up. They take me to a four-star hotel. Here I am at this place. And I just, it, it, it's just amazing. And then all of a sudden, he said, the limo comes and gets me. We go out to eat. And then we go to the camp meeting time. He said, I'm standing on the stage and I'm looking and worshiping is going on and things were happening and everything's so awesome and he says I look at this man who's in a wheelchair who has one leg the other leg has been amputated and he's standing there and God started speaking to him and says when it's time go down and pray for the man for a leg 
So Brother Cato gets up and he preaches a message. And when he finishes, people coming to the altar, people are, are receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Things were happening and things were happening. And God quickened him and says, get down and go pray for that man. He goes, I don't believe. God said, get down there and pray for the man. He said, I don't believe God. He's struggling in his faith. All of a sudden, he was struggling in something. When we see something, we don't understand it sometimes. We're limited because of our sight, our hearing, our touch, our feel, everything there is, we're limited. God's not limited. The last time he spoke, he says, if you want a healing ministry, you need to get down off this stage and get to that man and touch him and pray for him. Brother Cato said, okay. He gets down and he says, I'm praying for the man. I put my hand on him and I prayed and prayed and I, I said, I let it go and I said, God, it's in your hands. I don't know anything. He gets in a car. He drives home in, in the limo. He gets to the hotel and he said, Man, I must have made a mistake. I listened to my flesh instead of listening to God. I, I really think I made a mistake. Well, the next morning, they had, they had the service, the morning service. And he, he comes in, Brother Cato sits down, and he says, I'm watching the people coming in. And all of a sudden, he says, something just pinpointed me to the man walking in who I prayed for last night yes I said it he walked in brother Cato gets out of the chair he runs down to the man he says is it real and the man raised his leg and he says it's not a prosthetic it's real it grew last night Sometimes we need to hear these stories to understand what we're supposed to be doing. Radical faith is needed in this world today. It needs to become a foundation in our life. It's not an idea to just have faith. It needs to say, I'm going to do it when God says, do it. Brother Steve, come here for a second. I want you to look at these two chairs. If God told you to choose a chair, which chair would you choose? Why would you choose that chair? It's comfortable. Do you trust it? You trust this one. Do you trust this one? Not as good as that one? Because we don't know if it can handle mine and your weight. We don't know if things... It's unknown. Is that correct? We trust this because it looks sturdy. It looks hard. It looks able to take our weight. What if I tell you it can take your weight and my weight? Do you believe me? If I'm God. Okay? That's what I wanted to hear. 
Because the thing is, there's times in our life we would look at the easy way. We would look at the one that looks sturdy. We would look at the one that says, hey, this is what I need. But what if I say, watch this. It takes me. It holds me. So I know it will hold you. So if I tell you, this is what God wants you to take, how would you feel then? Okay. But, but you saw me, it, it, it holds me. You know that something's going to be there. Okay, you can take your seat. Being radical or crazy to do something for God will turn into faith that looks like a hero. I'm going to tell you something. I've lacked a lot of faith in my life. I've lacked a lot of things around my children. And, and I said, this year it's going to change. It's not going to be just an idea. If God tells me to do something and it looks crazy, I'm going to do it. I've heard story after story after story in my life. Just now, Brother Steve. And I bet some of you have those stories. I was impacted by a little lady. This has been almost 30 years ago. Her name was Margaret Gaines. She was a missionary for Israel. For the church of God. She made a school for kids. And she wanted to just bring the kids in and do things. And she said, for years and years and years, she said, in the 1980s, we still didn't have power in our, in our school or in, our, in the house that we lived in. We had to go outside. We had to do the old-fashioned uh, washing. You wash it and, and by the scrub, and then you run it through the, 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 the press kind of deal and things like that. He said, she said it was old school just for even in the 80s. When I come back to the States and see all the power that you have, it's so awesome. But she said one day she was going to be visited by head Israeli people to see what she was doing in her school to impact these kids. And so because these people were coming, she had to feed them. And she said, I go to the cupboards, I open, I have nothing. There's nothing in my cupboards. We ate the last thing at lunchtime, and they're coming tomorrow at lunch. She said, I started panicking for a little bit. And she says, God, I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I can do. I don't know what I can do. And God said, write a grocery list. She said, okay. And she wrote a grocery list. She had about 30 items on her grocery list. She said, I wrote my grocery list. And she said, in her spirit, she felt, now believe 
it was dark outside. When it's dark, light candles, get ready for bed kind of deal. God says, just go to bed and get ready for tomorrow. So she went to bed. She prayed her prayer. She, she did everything that she could do. And so the next morning she got up at 4.30 in the morning. It was her prayer time. She prayed some more. At 5.30 in the morning, there was a knock at the door. She goes to the door, and there's a delivery person with about three to four bags of groceries. And he, she says, I have no money. I, I can't. She, he said, it's already paid for. Don't worry about it. So the man set the groceries down and turned around and walked and went out the door. Sister Gaines runs to the table, and she starts picking everything out of the bags, and everything that was in the bag was on her shopping list. Nothing more, nothing less. She runs back to the door. She opens the door. She runs out. They have a gardener who comes at 6 o'clock in the morning. It's 6 now. He, she said, did you see a man just a few minutes ago in our garden? No, ma'am. What do you mean, no? She goes, he goes, no one's come through our gate, and this is the only way anybody can come through our gate. No one's been here. Well, I know someone's been here because someone delivered groceries. No one came through our gate. I know. God knows every need we need. But also God knows when we need to step out and say, it's time to do something radical. I think this year, I'm feeling in my spirit this year, God is calling our church and us to do something radical. And we've got to be prepared. It's going to look different than anything ever. It's going to be changed more and more, but we've got to trust God. It's just like the men, I, I know who you're talking about, who stood up and, you know, even Dabo Sweeney, who's the, uh, the coach of Clemson, he is a Christian, he is a man of God, he loves God, and he says God is before anything else. I know Sometimes in our lives, we let the world dictate to us, this is what you need. This is where you need to go. This is where your faith is. And God's saying, no, this chair, it looks flimsy. It doesn't look good. It looks like it's not going to hold us. And God's saying, that's where I want you to be. Some of you have been sick way too long. It's time for your healing. It's time to have faith for it. Some of you have been going through financial situations. God is with you every step of the way. Some of us are in jobs we don't like, but God is still with us in those jobs because maybe God is wanting us to do something radical in that job. But then there's also the other side. But you need to hear from God. If God's telling you to leave 
that job, it's time to leave. What I'm saying is this. We don't need to be the same old, same old and say, well, my idea is this, and I trust God this much. It's easier to trust God with this. You want me to trust you in that chair? Oh, God, I don't know. Noah had to trust God when he says, I'm bringing rain. I want you to build a boat that's going to be 510 feet long. 50 feet tall. Oh, and by the way, you've got to go into the woods and you've got to find the right wood. And it's gopher wood. It's very scarce. Go find it. <laughs> what? You want me to do what, God? I trust you. Now you've got to trust me. And you've got to have hope in what I've got in for you. Because there's greater things that's going to happen. This is a new beginning. It's a new time. Some of us, like I said, has been going through sickness. It's time to leave. Because in my word it says, by your stripes we are healed. Some of us is going through some times mentally, physically, spiritually, and we've got to say, God, no more. It's in your hands. I fully have faith in what you're doing. And whatever you tell me to do, I'm going to step out and do. Just like Peter. He stepped out of the boat. He walked on water two steps. But what happened after the two steps he took his eyes off the Lord and he started looking at what the world was giving him. There's the waves, there's the wind, there's this, there's that. I'm beginning to sink. And God had to say, Jesus had to put his hand out and say, Oh, ye of little faith. Some of us have a little faith. And it's time to get stronger faith. I hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Sean Johnson.